Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. All right, welcome to another episode of the Cobra Cast with the Present VP. I'm your host, Ricky, Ricky the Prez Logan. Our co-host is Ricky at Dog VP Etridge. Um, mate, we're excited because not only is footy coming back tonight, and we're finally, finally getting footy back on our screens, we are speaking to one of the absolute living legends of the, the Sandown Cobras. The, you know, he's, He's got a reputation that far precedes anyone that's ever been involved at the club. He is um, like just legendary status of this man. So sit back and enjoy a repeat of episode one with me. <laughs> come on, mate. <laughs> no, I'm yeah, just kidding. So, my, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Who do you think you are? All right, come on. We get oh. we've brought out the big gun. We're leading into Friday night football, so we've got in the biggest guest we've had from our club so far. He bear trap who, fattest who, Ed dog who, oh, <laughs> hip who. But uh, it's the so one and only. Sit back, relax. Footy starts in about an hour. Kick your feet up and watch an episode with the one and only Joshua Swooper Ryan. That's it. Enjoy it because, mate, how often so, do you get to, to interview a living legend? How's this though, mate? So we've come home. We're interviewing someone from our home club, but we're still traveling at the same time. What do you mean? Well, we're chatting to somebody from Sandown, but we're going to Calgary to speak to him. Oh, yeah. He's bloody in Canada, isn't he? All the way in Calgary, Canada. So even, even when we want to, you know, just come home and talk to people from our club, we still end up getting dragged across the other side of the earth. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's been quite a trip, and uh, mate, it's good to see good to see him. It was great to chat to him, and I'm mate, he already claimed it at the start. It's going to be the highest rating episode, that's for sure, and I, I have no doubt about it. So let's get into it. Let's get the living legend on. Let's get chatting to Sweeper. All right, today we are joined by one of our Sandown's former club legends, self-proclaimed club legends, um, but he's not only self-proclaimed, there's many people at the club that, was, that still put him in legendary status, and he is a former player, former coach, he is the, the last coach of a, a grand final team for us, so he's dear in our hearts, and it's uh, Josh Sweeper Ryan, welcome, mate. Thanks, guys. Good to be with you. Uh, thanks for joining us on your Friday night. Uh, yeah, it see, is. It's good to see your face, mate. It's been a long time. Yeah, you too. You too, yeah. Uh, yeah come back occasionally, but it's hard to catch up with everybody. So uh, to have a chat with you guys, yeah, looking forward to it. And I'm, I'm sure there's... <laughs> Like you said, it's going to be a high-rating episode. It's, it's going to be plenty <laughs> oh, I, of people I think excited. this is going to be your number one all year. I, yeah. I promise you. It's, promise going to be, you. it's going to be some gold in here. That's that's why we couldn't get you on straight away, because we couldn't set the bar too high. We had to let the the lesser lights, like the Bear Trap Joey, get his shine in the light for a little while, because he thinks he's the number one guy now and likes to talk himself up. But that's probably been one of the worst running episodes, hasn't it? The bear trap. Oh, definitely. definitely. <laughs> Come on, everybody <laughs> loves a bear trap. It's all, good. <laughs> all right, but let's get in. Let's find about your your playing career back when you were a player. So, what year did you come down to Sandown, and, and who got you down there in the first place? <sighs> to be honest, with you, I can't quite remember the year. It was it was sort of probably late two thousands, I guess. Um, 
actually my brother was was coaching the reserves down there so uh at that time Sandown were struggling with numbers and he called myself and I think Obi and Powley up and said hey guys you want to come down for a run and so we did and uh sort of played in the resis and we were struggling for numbers and I think we still had a couple of people on the day just turn up and play and yeah, the rest they say is history. It sort of spiraled from there. And my brother spent another, I think, 12 months there. And then he moved off to Darwin. And I really enjoyed being around the place. So I sort of hung around for a little bit longer. Oh, I'm going to work my math here and go 2008. I reckon that could have been then. It's probably close to that. Honestly, I, I don't remember. But uh, I think Frank, was it Frank that was coaching at that stage? Yeah, it would have been 2008. You said that Zane coached for another year after you were there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. so. Yeah. Zane was yeah. there my first year, and then he left. So yeah, two thousand eight was your first year. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So oh, look at you go, Ricky. Hey. Well, <laughs> it it just goes to show the, the the legendary status that it has grown for Sweeper because he was only there a year before us. He's played a fraction of the games that we've played at the club, but he's still spoken about in the light of a, a life member or a, you know somebody that's a two hundred game. You get you get mentioned in the same breath as Ross Tiller all the time, and he played three hundred games for the club. I, I have a feeling I get mentioned more than Ross Tiller, but um, that's okay. I mean, Ross Ross is a club legend. There's no doubt about it. But uh, I don't know. Have, have you done them? Have you worked out how many games I actually played? No, that's something we've got to get onto. We'll have to put that into the intro when we uh, we work it out because uh, <laughs> I got a feeling it's not I, too many. Because my first year, you did happen to get injured. Yeah, and, tore, my, tore my ACL, yeah. yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, was it a week after Ross did his? No, like it was a, a week before. So oh, what actually before. happened is I was playing full back against, um, uh, what were they, the, um, I forget who it was now. But um, yeah, I was playing full back and then I did my knee, came off in the second quarter or whatever it was. And then Ross Tiller got put in playing full back the second week. And then he did his knee and then Robbo got put in the third week and he was a little bit worried playing full back that week. So, but uh, yeah, no, so Ross, Ross was a week behind me. So. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah I've, I've had it the other way around, but that's what happens when the, you know, the legendary, like you said, the, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Cause <laughs> never, 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 never. So. I'll go ahead, Doug. Oh, I thought, yeah, I thought you were asking the question, how many years did you play for? But Well, we already covered all that, so. Yeah, it wasn't that many, but everyone thinks he's played for two decades. Um, when you were playing, did you have a pre-game routine? Um, it was probably to try and get sober, to be all up, to be honest with you. Um, at, at that stage, I, I enjoyed going out quite a bit. So, um, yeah, there was, there was quite a few Friday nights where, you know, this can be said now at the time it was probably frowned upon uh you know went out and had a few drinks and and sort of rocked up game day probably not feeling the best but uh no it's you know i'm not a superstitious person so nothing sort of really worried me um you know if i was late one day or early there was no set routine or anything like that so i'm pretty boring when it comes to that but uh yeah probably the only thing i did like to do was listen to music um you know in the vehicle in my car or whatever on the way to the game um, you know, stuff that I really enjoyed, but um, no, other than that, there was nothing, nothing too serious that I that I did. Yeah, it's nice when blokes don't have a serious pre-game routine, like the bear trap with relacing his boots or something like that, oh. which was just strange. Um, yeah. So in your playing days, so we'll get into your coaching soon, but in your playing days, what was your favourite moment on the ground? Is there one that stands out above all? Um. I wouldn't say a favourite moment, um, you know, and it, it's sort of hard to pinpoint one exact moment, but, um, you know, I think the biggest thing, I hadn't played footy for about seven or eight years before that, maybe a little bit longer. And just to, to come to a club where there was no egos, there was no BS, anything like that. And, you know, to come in there, my brother was coaching. I remember there was one game, and, and again, I can't remember who it was against, it was later in the season. We hadn't, I think we'd had one win for the whole year and, and literally, you know, it was seconds to go and, and you know, we're up by two or three points. And, um, you know, it was, I think, our, either our first or second win for the year. And, and just to see the look on the guys' faces in the reserves and, you know, especially a team that had been thrown together and, you know, guys that had previously played and guys that had 
been retired and came back again to to see those guys sort of you know, be excited for the footy club and and um, that was probably the, the highlight. But then to see sort of how the club evolved over the next couple of years, um, that was probably the most exciting part. Yeah, them moments of joy when you don't win many games and you finally get one and the reaction of blokes, not just on the ground, but off the ground, you know, they can stay, definitely stand out. I think there was actually one game in my first season playing reserves, a similar situation where I think we were like one point up, two points up with a minute to go. And I think you, were, I think the siren went, I think you were one of the first blokes I was near and gave a massive hug to. Cause it was just relief. I think it was about Hampton or Cerberus or somebody that day. And it was a, you know, I still remember that game very fondly because of that, how close it was. We weren't doing too well that season. Um, but on your coaching, so as you said, you know, you're obviously a legendary player for not long and you know, your, 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 coaching, your coaching status, again, is legendary for not long. But you did manage to get us to a grand final. And, but, so how many years did you coach for? Coached for a couple and then um, obviously helped Mick uh, after that as well. So, um, you know, it was, it, was, it was pretty full on for me at one stage because um, when Mick uh, Rosborough came down to the club, um, I helped him out with um, with the running duties in the seniors, and um, so so to get there early in the morning, you know, with you guys, and and obviously be totally involved with that, and helping you guys to get to where you are and where you were, and then um, hanging around during the reserves and trying to support them, and then you know prepare, help prepare the seniors for the game ahead. Um, it was it was long days down there, so. Um, you know, probably three years I coached for, um, and like I said, you know, on my own team for a couple of years and then, um, helping out with the seniors as well. Yeah. So before you go on Rifty, I just want to mention, I actually have a lot to thank you for Sweeper. You actually got with the one that got my passion back for football back at the start of uh, 2012 was your first season as a third coach. Yeah. Yeah, t- yeah, somewhere yeah. around there, yeah. So halfway I'm, through, I'm, I'm horrible yeah, with yeah. dates. It was 2012, because <laughs> halfway through 2011, I had enough of footy. I was done with it. Yeah. So I pulled the pin, and then start of 2012, actually, when I was trying to find your email address, I messaged, yeah, messaged you on Instagram saying, I was looking on Facebook for your email address and couldn't bloody find it. But I actually found the message you sent me asking to come back and play, and I was, nah, not coming. And then I was like, oh, I'll come down and give it a crack. And ever since that time, I've played almost every single year besides one bar injury where before that, I had no interest in never going back to play football again. So I do have a lot to thank you for actually, that year was you know, obviously making a grand final. Uh, my personal achievements that year with the goal kicking, it was probably the most enjoyable year of my footballing life. And it actually was what sort of sparked me to enjoy and love my football again. And that was, what are we, 2020 now? That was 2012. So since then, I've always you know, still had that love that, you managed to bring back for me. So I thank you for that. No, I, I'm glad because, you know, you're a big part of what we achieved that year. And, you know, I, and I think what you did was, it was amazing for yourself personally. And, um, you know, you, yeah, I know you thank me, but you know, a lot of it's got to go down to yourself because, you know, I can say whatever I want, but if you're not willing to, to get out there and sort of make it happen, um, you know, nothing's going to happen for you. So I think uh, a lot of, a lot of the credit goes to you, Ricky. So, Oh, I think you're selling yourself a little bit short there, Sweeper, because uh, <laughs> we've we've interviewed many players that played in that that year in that grand final, and uh, almost unanimously, the the you know favourite on-field moment has been making that grand final. And um, we had quite a team that year, and you know some great coaching as well. And unfortunately, we didn't get the ultimate prize, but it's still a fond memory for everyone involved, especially the time at that club, like you said, around the club of how successful we were, sort of looking at that stage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for me, that's one of the highlights of of any part of my footy that I've been involved in from junior footy all the way through to finishing up with Sandown. And, um, you know, that day, you know, absolutely did, you know, things didn't go well for the whole club that day, but... You know, to be in the rooms afterwards, to be back at the club room that night, um, you know, considering what we had and where we, where we'd come from, I think uh, was was just something that I, for me. I'm always going to remember. So, yeah, no, it's uh, it was a, a bloody good year, that's for sure. It was a great time to be around the club, and it it continued on to a little bit the, the following year of uh, us making finals, not quite making to the granny, but. At your time at the club, who's been the best player that you've seen come through? Best player? That's 
you know, it's a hard one because I probably don't look at it from a, you know, sometimes I look at somebody who's achieved more than what they probably should have. Um, you know, I know a lot of guys have mentioned Jesse Mack, absolutely silky smooth, classy player. You know, I throw Chappie in there as well. Um, you know, Jason Tone. Um, for me, you know, guys, I, I really love the toughness in, in footy. And, um, you know, I, I look at someone like Juddy. Um, I think he's, you know, I'd, he'd be one of my first picks every time, you know, when he was fit and healthy because what he brings to the table, you can put him in any, any position. Um, you know, I, I could rattle off a heap of names. Seeing where Scotty Jackman came from to where he ended up, um, I think, you know, it's an amazing story. And, and there's been a lot, a few of those, you know, a lot of guys stepped up and played their role. And, um, you know, as I said, you know, maybe shouldn't have been able to do that, but they did and they stepped up and they, they did an amazing job. And I think a lot of guys sort of play, played above and beyond their capabilities. And I think that's sort of, that's sort of where I look at a good player that, you know, you're not the most gifted person, but I'll tell you what, you put yourself on a footy field and uh, you do a pretty good job. Yeah, it's a great answer. And um, one of the games that stands out to me is that, that drawn final against Doveton and the performance Scotty Jackman put in and, and how integral he was in getting the boys over the line that day to, to finally get the win. Uh, unfortunately, oh, they, they couldn't make it to the... Speaking of that game, you were running that game, weren't you, Sweeper? Mm-hmm. How was that in that like the last 10 minutes or five minutes each way as the runner, as the one that needs to try and get, mix, mix, uh, try and get mixed messages out there and bet with the players, obviously, would have been quite frantic and sort of stressing a little bit about everything that's going on and people not, maybe not knowing exactly the rules of that situation and all that type of stuff. You're talking about the... Uh, um, the drawn the, prelim. The drawn, yeah. yeah. So that was an interesting situation because we'd never... Mick and I had never been in that situation and I think a lot of the players, well, most of the players hadn't either and we didn't know the rules. And, you know, at the time, you're not thinking clearly. You know, it's, it's sort of... It's a high pressure. There's a lot of tension there. And, and the umpires... Mick went to come out on the ground and, and uh, the umpires were like, no coaches, nothing. And, and we didn't even think. We probably should have just brought the whole huddle over to the side um, of the boundary and just let Mick say what he needed to say. And um, there is a little bit of a funny story and Mick will probably tell you this as well. And it sort of sounds very egotistical now, but um, we went out there and, and everybody had their input. We we're in the middle of the ground and Juddy had a chat. I had a chat. Uh, you know, Ozzy had a chat. Marky Franken had a chat. All, all these guys had a chat. And yeah, I just, I, I saw, I personally saw it and, and you know, I looked at them and, and they were pumped up. They wanted this more than anything else. And I ran back over to the bench afterwards and Mick goes, and Mick was sort of pacing, obviously still smoking. You know, I think he'd been through his eight pack for the day or something like that. And uh, anyway, he looked at me and I just said, we got this. And that's all I said. And we just let it play out. And obviously I ran out and, you know, he told me to make some moves and there's a little bit of tension because, you know, guys are thinking that they want to do their thing and we're thinking we need them to do this. And, you know, at the end of the day, it worked out. You know, in hindsight, did we maybe play our grand final the week before the grand final? Possibly. But um, to, to, to be a part of that and experience that, I think um, it was something something that I'm going to remember anyway. Yeah, it was uh, art, mate. I... The moment when that siren went after the, the overtime and we'd uh, actually sealed the win and the joy on everyone at that time was, you know, it was almost like winning a grand final. To, to win a prelim in those circumstances was unbelievable. And like I said, to see guys like Scotty Jackman that, you know, he was playing fours a, a year before that mm-hmm. um, get up there and, and actually shine was uh, fantastic. Um, but all right, who in your time at the club, would love to celebrate the goal the most. So I'm pretty sure I know who might be the answer for this one, but. Well, there's a couple, uh, you know, I think Cuz, I think he, uh, he uh, definitely likes, likes a goal celebration. So, you know, that little guy, you're getting close to the goal and, and uh, I've also seen Taters do a couple of little, so it must be the little guys. I don't know what it is. They're uh, yeah, obviously lacking in, in height and other abilities. So they try and uh, make themselves sort of a little bit, you know, pump themselves up when they get a goal. But um, no, nothing stands out to be honest with you. I think it's more, you know, 
as I remember Kaz, and I think, and I think I remember Kaz because he um, he played in a few, or, you know, a couple of my teams. So he always liked to talk himself up and come on, swoop, come on, swoop, get me closer to goal, get me closer to goal. Uh, you know, give me a chance, give me a chance. So yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, Kaz is one that I remember. Yeah, see, I, I was thinking you might have gone with a sheedy, but. Now that I think of it, he didn't really have a big celebration. It was more after the games where he'd give you the, hey, hey, see that one? Hey, you see that hey, one? Hey, 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 right? <laughs> i tell you what, I think, I think you could sit down with Sheedy for an hour and he'll, he'll uh, recollect every goal that he's kicked and he'll tell you how he kicked it and who he kicked it on. And, uh, yeah, and, and I love it. It's so good. I could yeah. listen to that guy for, for hours. So yeah, we, we'd have, I hope yeah. he's watching because I'll send it. I still love your Sheeds. It's all good. We'll have to get him on and just get him to do a play-by-play of every goal he's ever kicked. We'll go for a while. <laughs> Definitely go for a while. Um, oh, so well, you're not going to give me a cheap shot this time, mate? Hey, no. Who? Who? No, nah, yeah, Rifty. Every bloody time we talk about goals, he gives me a nice little cheap shot when we talk about, oh, you know, at like a full forward, he'll be able to tell you all the goals he's kicked in his time. He just, I, don't, I don't know how to feel right now. I'm just so used to having, I'm so used to, to defend myself. <laughs> but it's it's true. I haven't lied about anything. It's no, no, you, you just... love to kick a goal. You love to celebrate yeah. a goal, and you love to remind people how many you've kicked and yeah, how was... many how many goal kicking trophies. And if you had a trophy cabinet you, <laughs> behind you, you would have your goal kicking trophies right no, there. Pride and pride and place in the bar, mate. But no, I was getting ready to defend myself, and then it never came. I was like, oh, okay. yeah, well, I <laughs> thought I'd better hang it on somebody else for once. But yeah. Also, would would think that you know backmen are failed forwards and you know. Don't worry, should, don't worry, yet, dog. If you had to play it on me, I wouldn't let you kick me goal, but <laughs> there'd be no stories. <laughs> um, but what about funny moments? What's been the funniest moment that you've seen, uh, either during a game or just being being involved at the club? Funniest moment, I. You know, I, I still think fights are the funniest moment. You know, I, I've seen Russian ragdoll guys. <laughs> like, seriously, just walk up to guys that are half his size and just you just see the look of fear in their eyes. And, and there's nothing, there's no malice or anything like that, but it's just from, from a, you know, when you're standing on the boundary to see that, it's, it's so amusing because you just think, oh, my God, this guy's going to get pummeled, absolutely pummeled. But then you know the Russian and you know he's a big gentle giant. <laughs> And same with Jolly. I've seen Jolly, you know, and I know Jolly gets fired up, but you know, things like that, that actually amuses me because you know that it's not going any further, but you just see the ragdoll, you know, sort of things go on. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I find amusing anyway. And I, I try and encourage it where I can. <laughs> it depends on how far Jolly's ran to get into that fight. He might be a bit blown up like he was on that YouTube video, Rifty. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Uh... I've got to say, if, if you're going to get into it with somebody, you'd probably prefer to get into it with Russian. As funny as that sounds, he is the bigger guy. But Joel is, uh, you know, he can get fired up and he's got a bit of malice to him. Whereas Russian, like, especially on a footy field, he, he, he takes it a little bit more jokingly. He has his fun out there when he's playing footy. But I could imagine being on the opposition, you know, being my size, coming up, up against a Russian, you wouldn't be saying too much. That's saying for sure. This- Seeing this big guy, and really at the end of the game, he walks up and gives you a hug and tells you it's going to be okay. Oh, no, you wouldn't even wait till after the game. He'd rough you up during and the game, pick you up, pat you on the butt, go, "Sorry, little yeah. fellow," and yeah. and just giving you a headlock as you get out of the headlock. He'll be a hug. He'll give you a hug. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. So, uh, so how long ago did you move to Canada, mate? So, how long ago did you leave the beautiful See, just, snake pit? Just, just gone six years. So, um, yeah, it was uh, start of May. And uh, yeah, just ticked over six years, but uh, I didn't think I'd be here that long, to be honest <laughs> with you. I uh, came over here. I've always wanted to live overseas and obviously met Cage. And um, I think I sort of, I don't think she's around. It's all good. <laughs> um, I probably wore out my welcome in Melbourne um, with some ladies. So I uh, <laughs> decided... Uh, decided to move move overseas and uh, which which I've always wanted to do. I went travelling in 2011 for 12 months and um, stuff like that. So yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do and and you know obviously you know very interested in Kate and so we came over here and um, well she was from here so I've moved over and lucky enough to get a job and yeah we've been very very privileged to 
to both have great jobs here and and on average I'm back to Australia every 12 to 18 months so to be able to do that I'm very lucky yeah it's always nice when you think last time I seen you I was just sort of sitting there getting changed and looked up and there's come super walking in from the uh <laughs> the door the little hallway from the social rooms to the change rooms and it was a oh yeah look wait hold on a second I <laughs> promise right mate um, still walking like I own the joint it's, all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually probably true yeah you did actually that day but um so speaking of that your brother as you said coach and your mum was also uh the chairperson as well as president I'm not too sure exactly the title so your family had a pretty big role at the club in the last decade what was that like to have your whole family you know, involved so heavily at Sandown? It was, it was great. Um, hopefully, mum's not listening to this because I don't give her much credit or anything like that. So, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, Zane, Zane's always had a love and a passion for footy. He um, you know, is coached up, at, up in Darwin, um, St. Mary's, some of the bigger clubs, um, stuff like that. So, when he was back in Melbourne, he got involved, obviously, with Sandown and brought me down. And then during my time there, you know, playing and coaching and, I helped Louis out in the committee for a little bit, Louis and Phil. And um, then sort of the last few years, you know, obviously mum's had a, a big input in that as well. So, and, and it's been good for her. She's really enjoyed it. And, you know, she knows all the guys down there and everyone's so respectful and, and uh, awesome with her. So, I, you know, I know she's really loved it. And I thank everybody for uh, making it feel welcome being down there and, even when sort of I'd moved on and she was still around there. Um, yeah, I know she really appreciated it. Yeah, you could almost say that she had, you know, another 50 sons down there, which is why she was you know, always <laughs> always enjoyed coming down and helping out the club, even when you and Zane had both moved on. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move into some other stuff. So uh, what AFL team do you support, mate? Mighty D's. Yeah, poor, poor I, I sort of see. I sort of say that with hesitation. <laughs> it's it's been a tough, tough twenty years. Not gonna lie. You know how that feels, wouldn't you, Rift? Hey, hey, he's up, he's up. Jeez, did you um? Did you almost have flights booked when they they'd uh, sent out their their uh, grand final bloody things the other year when they you know thought they. I'm not gonna there. lie. It was talked about, <laughs> and. I told Kate that she wasn't coming and if they made the grand final, I'd pay whatever I needed to to get to the grand final and fly back for it. So I'm not going to lie, it was spoken about. That's fair enough as well. You should be speaking about it. Well, I don't know how the bomber's going. Oh, mate, we're doing quite well, undefeated in 2020, mate. But who is your favourite AFL player of all time, whether it be a D's player or just across the board? You know, I, to, I would say probably David Neitz. Just like how he went about his football, wasn't flashy. Um, you know, he started off as a centre-half back. I think you know, Wayne Carey's on record years ago saying the hardest player he ever played against was, was David Neitz as a defender. And then to be able to to change his game and, and, and move to, you know, full forward and become an effective, you know, he, he wasn't a Coleman medalist or anything like that, but, you know, he, he was he was a good full forward. And so, yeah, somebody like him. Um, and then even going back further, you know, guys guys like Brett and stuff like that, I, you know, loved watching those guys. And if there's any old games come on now, I'll, you know, I love watching guys like Brett and, I think yeah, the way they went about their football and a little bit tough. I really enjoyed it. Well, there was some glory days in the nineties for the D's when uh, they were up and about and they had some pretty exciting players of the high flyers, uh, Jeff Farmer and Russell Robinson taking hangers every week. So it was they were one of the teams that I reckon many kids jumped on in the nineties for sure. Yeah, I actually so all my family is Essendon. So my dad, my brother, mum. Um, but I come from originally from a small town called Rochester up near Echuca. And uh, David Williams was a, uh, a local legend up there. And um, I remember going to see my first ever AFL game. Actually, second AFL game. First one was Richmond North Melbourne, a night game. And um, we went into the Melbourne change rooms and I went and met Dave. And uh, I think that's sort of what won me over. As a kid, I sort of, you know, 
somebody said, who do you barrack for? And I'd be like, who do you barrack for? And they go, oh, we barrack for Carlton. Okay, I'll support Carlton. So I was sort of all over the place. And then I think that moment where I got to go into the change rooms and, and see these guys that you only ever see on TV and, and are in awe of, um, that sort of won me over. Oh, that's what I was about to say. When you mentioned the whole family goes to Essendon, I was going to ask what the hell was wrong with them to you. But <laughs> no, it's a fair enough story. But with um, David uh, Neitz, you mentioned about never won a Coleman and whatnot. He, he made a great partnership with Swartz when, like, in his early days. And that was probably a big reason why Neitz never won a Coleman because you had, well, when Swartz wasn't doing knees, you had such yeah. a powerful combination. And I think it definitely, any bloke that's a center, a key position player that can play over 300 games, you know, it obviously doesn't get there by luck. So definitely a great player and probably doesn't get enough respect or spoken about in the way you should be spoken about due to the fact that he did play in a team that didn't win premierships and weren't you know, constantly battling for that top spot of the table. But um, anyway, so did you play any other sports? did as a junior. Um, I played tennis. Um, I never got involved in cricket. So winter it was footy and then summer it was tennis. Um but yeah, sort of. That was sort of about it. Yeah, you know, I grew up on a farm as a kid, so there was a lot of just farm stuff, riding motorbikes and climbing through haystacks and that sort of stuff. But um, as for sports, yeah, you know, I look at my brother and he was he was heavily into cricket and footy. Where I was cricket, I could give or take. Um, had a boat for a while, so obviously water skiing and stuff like that, and enjoyed being on the river up around Echuca. Um, but yeah, it's definitely tennis as a junior and football. So you mentioned that you grew up on a farm. Do you ever sort of pinch yourself that a boy that grew up on a farm is now by living the other side of the world? <laughs> sometimes. I uh, I sometimes wonder how this all happened. And uh, yeah, I've been very, very fortunate to be able to travel to a lot of different countries. And that's actually how I met Kate. So, um, you know, to, to do that sort of stuff was is pretty cool. But you know, I, I think, you know, I, I still go home to Rochi occasionally now and, and, you know, I love going back there. I love going to see people, family and friends and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I, I find myself very fortunate to, uh, I, th- well, I think of myself very fortunate to be able to uh, live across the other side of the world and try and get back as often as, as possible. Yeah, it's uh, had quite the life and uh, travelled <laughs> around and that's why I think everyone speaks of sweeper in such high regard that you uh i think when you say you wore, wore out your welcome in in melbourne i think some some guys are pretty envious of your exploits in melbourne <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, careful where you go with this one rifty no no well, I'll, I'll, that's, that's, going. that's all i'll say <laughs> um but uh, what about your biggest sporting hero outside of uh, footy? Who who's the the icon of sports for you? Yeah, it, it's it's funny. I uh, I've been lucky to go and see a few sports. I've been to see Manchester United play, and I saw Kobe Bryant play for the Lakers back in two thousand eleven. And to see see those guys like Ronaldo and Kobe Bryant playing, um, you know, I just in awe of these guys. Um, but you know, I. I since moving over here, I've I've got in I've got into the NFL quite quite heavily and and the and the and the hockey as well. But um, you yeah, know, to see a guy like Tom Brady, who is and I know there's going to be a lot of little comments about this sort of Tom Brady BS, but um, you know, to see a guy that was picked so late in the draft to be able to do what he does, um, I think you know, obviously you've got to surround yourself with good coaches and good good teammates. This isn't an individual game like tennis, but um, you know, to see see some somebody like him and what he's he's able to accomplish in the NFL, and then I look at somebody like Roger Federer, and I, I just think he is just on another planet. Like this guy's been at the top of his game for 15 years, so they're probably my two biggest heroes when it comes to sporting. So yeah, I, I really admire what both of them have done. Yeah, it's cool. It's a bit different one. I haven't heard Federer mentioned too often, but. Uh, he is one of those guys that has to be always in that goat conversation, isn't he? Where just absolutely dominated tennis, and you know Nadal being his closest rival, still isn't that close to him as far as uh, you know Grand Slams. So it's, but you know he's up there with the Tom Brady's and uh, you know Tiger Woods of their sports, that's for sure. Hold on, did you that's just say? I think you said Rifty. Do you feel dirty? 
What? Man, Mentioning you just... that Tom Brady is one of the greatest of all time? Well, you can't <laughs> deny I, I, it. I know you can't deny it, but I've never heard you actually say it. <laughs> He's, he played in one of the greatest teams. <laughs> there we go. There it is. <laughs> With one of the greatest yeah. coaches. But, yeah. I, yeah, I just Tampa like Bay fair. legend, mate. Tampa Bay legend. Tampa Bay legend, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. It's going to be interesting. All right, if uh, you could go back in time and attend any sporting event, an individual sporting event in history, what would you go to? Oh, that's a tough one, guys. Um, wow. Any sporting event. Any sport. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, this is going to sound like a weird one because I'm, I, I never played it. But, but um, you know, to go back to the first day-night cricket match ever held at Waverley. I think, um, you know, that would have been, because that just changed changed history for cricket, right? So for me, I think that would be really interesting to say, you know, 30, 40 years down the track, hey, you know what, I was there that, that night. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a unique one. Um, but for a favourite, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe one of the old 80s grand finals where you got a, you know, what, 70s grand finals where you got 107,000 people hanging off the roof and, you know, people sitting on the boundary. I think that'd be quite an interesting experience. Yeah, it's a unique one. Uh, the first day night in Waverley, just around the corner from where you've uh, played your own footy and, and lived a bit. And, you know, we got guys saying they'd go to the Olympics and the Super Bowls and stuff. and you just no, I'll get to the Waverley cricket. I'm not a fancy guy, Rifty. I just, I'm it just it shows it just shows days. how it just shows how much he misses home. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. like first thing he used to see Waverley Park driving to and from footy training and games the whole time, so it's just stuck in his memory. I'd hate to imagine how many times I've driven past that dive of a joint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all yeah. right. Um, for this one, we we want to know who would be uh, uh, the team's down at three quarter time. They need a lift, and uh, you're not the coach, and uh, we need somebody. Probably, to give a good, the, probably a good thing. <laughs> we need the boys to get a motivational speech. So, who would you pick to be the motivator? And it can be uh, a movie character, it could be a real coach you've had, or uh, whatever. Who would you pick to be that motivator? Ever watched any given Sunday? Of course. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, no, that's sort of where I'd go. Um, I don't know. Actors are pretty good at giving motivational speeches, I think. So, yeah, I'd probably have to go down that, that road. Yeah, so. That's common answer, that one. Common and one, for, one. You know, well, for good reason. Well, like, watch that before grand final. We might have won it. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon the boys did. I think they did watch it the night before, many of them, and probably played the grand final in their head before they uh, got to the ground, I reckon. Yeah, good possibility. But um, all right. So, if a movie was going to be uh, made about the Cobras, um, in your time there, who would play? Uh, let's go, Jason Tone. So, which actor would play Jason Tone? Who would play? We we'll go Scotty Jackman since you've mentioned him, and give me a third one, Rift. Cuz. 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 Cuz would have so okay. We'll start with we'll start with Aussie. Um, probably I don't know, maybe a Matt Damon or somebody like that, or a, or a Leonardo DiCaprio. He's a bit of a good-looking man, so you know you don't want to sell him short. Get yeah, you know, maybe a Leo DiCaprio. I think we I could, could say that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's a good one. I think I think you know, good-looking man, good-looking man. I think it would uh, go pretty well. Um, Scotty Jackman. Jeez, just oh. Scotty Jackman's a hard one because he's tall and lanky and sort of got a got a bit of personality about him. Um, ah, jeez, I'm just trying to think. I'll have to come back to Scotty, but uh, Cuz probably no younger Danny DeVito or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I like it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, younger, a little skinnier version yeah. of Danny DeVito. Um, but. Uh, yeah, Scotty Jackman. I don't know. He's a hard one because I, I don't know too many guys. Maybe, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm stuck on that one. Uh, you guys about, got any ideas for Scotty Jackman? No. I've got no idea. But what, what, switch it up. What about yourself? Who would play you? Because you, you'd have to be a main character in the 
the movie. Oh, oh, geez. I don't know. That's hard for me to that. This is something you guys would need to do. I don't know about I don't know about me picking that out. Obviously, you have to be good looking and handsome and robust. And, <laughs> well, if, you've, uh, if you've got Leo playing Oz, you're gonna have to get Matt Damon to play you. Then I reckon. Sure, I'll run with that. Yeah, I I, I like Matt Damon. He's alright. Or you get Matt. Or you get Matt Damon or Marky Wahlberg. I reckon. Marky Wahlberg, jeez, I don't know. I don't think think I've got the physique for Marky Wahlberg. So, (laughs) again, you don't let uh, the truth get in the way of a good story. So, that's true. That's true. That's what I used to look like. I could say, so (laughs) yes, definitely. I can tell Seb when he grows up. Hey, that's what Dad used to look like. (laughs) Back in my playing days, I was at Sandown. That's the physique I I had. Yeah. All right. Um. So, in your time at Sandown, again, which uh say teammate or which player at the club would make the best reality TV and why? Oh, reality TV. Jeez, you guys are really with the tough questions. If I'd better go on Jeopardy or something like that. Um, <laughs> well, I've got to jump in here. I say I reckon, yeah. I reckon Sweeper back in his day would have made some pretty good reality TV. Like you said, rocking up to a game. Trying to trying to get over the hangover and things like that. Right. Well, thank, thanks, Rufty. I appreciate that. I, I was actually going to go Scuzzy. I think Scuzzy's always got some good stories. Um, so definitely Scuzzy. Um, but uh, again, I keep circling back to Cuz talking about good stories. I, I love that guy. And and um, but no, and, and probably yeah. No, I, I I think I think Scuzzy would be be the one. I think he'd. Uh, de- I've definitely heard a couple of good stories. So. I won't incriminate him too much. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that that would have been uh, the adventures of uh, Swooper and Scuzzy. That that'd be a good one. Yeah, probably quite a late yeah. time slot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was going to say probably don't want your kids to watch that. Maybe movie. maybe a four pin code to get into it as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, you've mentioned a few uh, teammates throughout this thing, but if you could choose any other teammate to be for a day, who would you choose and why? Be for the day. Yeah. I know there's a few boys that would choose you to, to oh. be back in the day, but <laughs> to be for the day. Jeez, guys. Um I don't know. It's yeah, I, I guess on, on on the footy field, I don't know. I'd like to be um you know I guess a, a juddy or a or a you know, one of these guys that you know you have you know, you're out there and, and you're a presence on the field. Um, you know, Chappie, these sort of guys. Um, you know, I, I'd, from a from a footy field point of view, they're the sort of guys I, I sort of looked up to. I sort of wish that I had I'd had their talent and stuff like that. But, um, you know, if you talk about just being a being a good all-round person, you know, uh, I could literally, I think, half the club. But, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't mind being that dog for a day. Yeah. Uh, why you wouldn't? I mean, look. I mean, you're a good-looking man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be happy to be Ed Dog for the day. I'm sort of working on it, Ed Dog. I, I tried <laughs> to grow this. It's taken me about a month to sort of get there for you, bud. So thanks, mate. You knew it was coming on. It's like, I better get it, better start growing it. So yeah, definitely. This. this is my COVID beard. It's been going for that long. <laughs> oh, that's it's looking all right. It's getting there, mate. You. Hopefully, when you grow up, you'll, you'll be able to go a full beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one day. <laughs> um, I'm not going to worry about the last one. Let's um, almost finish it off. But you've, you've started a beautiful little family over there. You've got the little, uh, little Seb. Uh, how's he going? How, how's the family coming along? The family's good. Uh, definitely being a father changes you um, for, the, for the better. Um, so... He uh, he's definitely a mini version of me, which scares the absolute hell out of me. So he's got a little bit of OCD. He's got a little bit of a temper. He's got um, I don't know. He he's got a little. He's got a few little Australianisms. Like the other day, we're at it. We got a trailer out on a golf course that we go to most weekends, and you know, he's like, "Dad, these mozzies suck," <laughs> and everyone just looked at him. And they're like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Hey, you know, he's sort of half Australian. It's sort of going to happen occasionally." So. But I always find the Australians, even when we came back, he's got a very, very... Well, the Australians find that he's got a very, very thick Canadian accent. So 
um, it's it's always interesting bringing him back to Australia and and especially now that he doesn't shut up and just talks and talks and talks <laughs> and why and how and what's this. So yeah, it's 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 great. I love it. Yeah, awesome. Is there uh, any other little sweepers on the way or plans to have any grow the family? No, um, Kate and I have decided that we're way too selfish. <laughs> um, so we're, we're realistic about it. We're not going to lie. We, uh, we love him with all our heart, but we love him. And that's the way it's going to be. So, one and done. That's all right. That's one and done. And it's damn expensive to come back to Australia with more than three people, I'm telling you. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, no, we, uh, we're, we're one and done and, you know, Kate's very career orientated and career driven as well. So between the two of us working long hours, um, yeah, we, we're very lucky to have him and, and yeah, we're happy with, with one. Oh, that's nice. And, um, you mentioned your brother Zane, he's up in, still up in Darwin, is he? He is, yeah. We uh, were lucky enough when we are back in November. We went and caught up with him and Loz and the boys and went up there for a few days. And, um, yeah, it's great to see him. And, uh, yeah, doing really well up there. And they got a new uh, business venture doing property styling up there. So, um, yeah, I, I think uh, he's up there for the long haul and been up there for, I think, 10 years now. So, yeah, he's really enjoying it. Yeah, well, we'll have to try and get him on the show one time to speak about not only his time at Sandown, but his coaching career. As I see, he's done fairly well up there with uh, some of the teams he's coached up in Darwin, which has uh, been fantastic and would have been a different experience for him up there compared to the boys down at Sandown, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, some of the some of the Tiwi Islanders and stuff that he's coached and, um, you know, the contacts that he has up there, he's done really well for himself. So um, yeah, definitely he'd be a, he'd be a good guy to talk to. Yeah. I know that he's uh, definitely done a lot up there. He's when Nath Bai moved up there, I put Nath in contact with Zane and he got Nath to Tracy village and had him running around there before he injured himself. But there's a difference, Rifty. One of the Ryan boys moves up to Darwin where it's hot bloody all year round. The other one moves <laughs> across the other side of the world where it's fucking snowing for six months of the year. <laughs> Eight. Eight. Sorry, Eight. <laughs> I saw it short. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I guess when uh, Vicky's got to go over and uh, catch up with the the suns, she's going from tropical paradise to the snowy mountains. Uh, <laughs> very Absolutely, different. I had a I had a day had a day the other few months ago. I was driving to work and it was minus forty three. Oh. So yeah, oh, that's, hold on. That's that's Fahrenheit. What's that minus? No, no, no Celsius. Oh. oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know it went that low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. Uh, yeah, it was minus forty three. I was driving to Red Deer, and uh, yeah, minus forty three in the morning. So yeah, it can be a little bit fresh, but um, you know, it, it's one of those things. It could be minus twenty two, but the sun can be out with not a cloud in the sky. So it is actually a beautiful day, but um, still minus. 22 <laughs> that's crazy the, uh, plenty of thermals on that's for sure i walked out i walked outside before and it's like 11 degrees i'm like oh god it's cold out here <laughs> my body <laughs> minus 22 yeah you were complaining about the other day being seven degrees and you had to have the heater on and well and i'm you... in the i'm in the bar mate so it's a bit cold out here you guys need to come over and catch up for a hockey game that's what you need to do Oh, yeah, we do. <laughs> Get on the flames, boys. Get on the flames. They're all good. Well, it's high on our list, that's for sure. And uh, mate, I haven't picked a hockey team, so I just have to, uh, I'm a Flames fan. There we go. <laughs> you, are aware, you, you are aware that means that you now share something in common with Dicko, yeah, Rifty? Yeah, but that's all right. It's only it's right. hockey. It's, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm jumping to Green Bay and bloody... <laughs> Stupid team he follows. So. Oh, he's yeah. He needs to change that. That's really bad. But yeah, good. I mean, the flame's fantastic. I think he's done really well with that. But uh, yeah, no, uh, the hockey's definitely a, a different beast over here. Yeah, well, no, I remember um, a little while back, uh, Dicko made his way over to the states to to catch up with you. And uh, I know there's not much you can share about what he got up to while he's over there. But from what I, I, I think, I think the Canada side of things was pretty mellow. Um, so yeah, we, we had, we, we went out for a few drinks and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I think he enjoyed his trip. So yeah, definitely. That's, uh, 
something that I think a few boys would love to do, that's for sure. And uh, they'll go take on those Nancys over there and sort them out. <laughs> Need to send Russian over. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining us, mate. It's been great to chat to you. And uh, like I said, it's great to see your face. Uh, I think it was, what, Feb last year when uh, Woodsy's wedding was the last time we, we saw you. So it's uh, been it great was, to see yeah. you. It was, yeah. Yeah, no, and uh, same to you guys. And uh, I'll definitely uh, pop in and hopefully everything goes well for you guys, you know, with uh, once we get through this COVID stuff. And, you know, Ricky, you were saying you were back uh, training and with groups of 20 and stuff. So, um, yeah, that's that's a good sign. And hopefully you guys get on the field soon. Yeah, hopefully. And, and un- unlike when you're involved at the club, a group of 20 is pretty much all we need. We're... Uh... Back in your your coaching days, a group of twenty would have been uh, half your thirds team, let alone the rest of the players. Yeah, that's true. But you know what? You you build off that, and uh, yeah, like as I said, I when I first got down there, same thing happened, and it's amazing, you know, how quickly. And you guys are doing an amazing job with this. It's amazing how quickly that can turn around. So, yeah, you guys are steering the ship in the right direction, and um, I think yeah, if you continue that way, um, good things are going to happen for the club. No, thanks, mate. We appreciate it. And thanks again for your time. Not a problem. Good to chat to you, boys. Cheers, mate. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.